welcome. I'm Taylor Marsh, and this is Astral Soul Lightning, a podcast about making meaning, manifestations, and energies we navigate, a philosophical life hack for the Aquarian age. My expertise? The shadow side of human beings, translating humanity's complex guidance systems, standing at the leading edge of the religious and spiritual reformation. The archetypal mythology for the many weeks ahead is buzzing with foreshadowing of change. Planets and constellations, one-degree new moons coupled with 29-degree endings amid tectonic shifts in orbits, full moons, a new era ahead that conjures memories of the French Revolution and the ratification of the U.S. Constitution, symbolic possibilities to consider and visualize in hopes of understanding the journey we are on personally and collectively. The planet Saturn moving into the constellation Pisces on, on March 7th ushers in karmically fated mythology around institutional pain for unethical religious people and groups, which is followed by an era-shifting move of Pluto into this constellation Aquarius on March 23rd with all the symbolism of the mystical musical hair and the lyric (laughs) dawning of the age of Aquarius. Understanding the energetic mythology above before fated events occur below acknowledges the mysterious and the fear inherent in the tarot card Wheel of Fortune. We are each here for a reason. Life is about discovering why. Quote, Neptune symbolizes altruism, idealism, and imagination. It evokes the spiritual world that science cannot explain, end quote. Robert Hand, Horoscope Symbols, 1981. The spiritual world that science cannot explain reveals the mythology behind the constellation of Pisces. Pisces season this year is more powerful because Saturn will enter the last sign of the zodiac and stay into 2025, ending a 28 to 30 year Saturn cycle. We've all changed during the last two plus decades and and this is the last transit before the sequence begins again. Because of Saturn finishing up its cycle through the entire zodiac in Pisces, you you could say humanity is having its collective solar return, which is why I believe the spiritual reformation has begun as we enter the sign governing unseen worlds. The duality of Pisces, light and dark, is taken to extremes through Catholic Lent season, which began this week with Ash Wednesday, highlighted by prayer, confession, and voluntary self-punishment known as penance. Practicing Christians prepare for Easter season. The sign of religion and spirituality and the duality of light and shadow, Pisces meeting with Saturn continues what began during the Pluto-Scorpio era many years ago, which I'll get to in a moment. Saturn is not what traditional definitions describe. I've been through many Saturn transits, so I offer this opinion through experience. In the sign of Pisces, Saturn comes to deconstruct 
religious institutions so they can be built in a new way through the 20-year cycle of Pluto in Aquarius, which begins in late March. There will be retrogrades with Pluto going back and forth between Capricorn and Aquarius until November 24th. But once the 2023 cycle of Pluto in Aquarius begins, there's no going back to the Piscean era. Now, there's vast degrees of opinions on when the Aquarian age began or begins. Instincts and what I'm experiencing personally informs me we're in the Aquarian age come March 23rd. However, it isn't a light switch moment. We feel powerful transits long before a specific date of the transit, and some people will feel it later because they aren't as prepared. Quote, Neptune dissolves Saturnian boundaries and the individual ego. Passion book on astrology. I'd add that Saturn lassos Neptunian boundlessness and brings structure and architecture to imaginative impulses and dilutes our illusions and delusions. Each of us decide how we'll react to the challenges and offerings. The astronomy of transit changes to which I refer are fated events that impact astrological analyses. The unconscious is highlighted during Pisces season. If we choose to travel into the mysterious, our spiritual or religious experiences become enlightenment. Neptune will expand this adventure even as Saturn attempts to make sense and structure out of our experiences. Even as Neptune rules Pisces, as does Jupiter, Neptune is stationed amid the constellation of Pisces until 2026, which is why I believe the religious and spiritual reformation has begun. Amid America's religious and soon the world's spiritual transmutation, Christians begin the ramp to Easter. Stories have been written and handed down from the men of early generations after Christ, but Jesus had no say in how he would be remembered after his crucifixion. It was an era when humanity couldn't read or write, books were distrusted, and the story of Christ was imagined through word of mouth. After over 2,000 years, the Piscean Age passes and becomes humanity's foundation. The Aquarian Age comes to advance our beliefs over the next 20 years in a spiritual awakening that will shake religious institutions and remake them in the decades to come. Evolution has come for, creest, cre, uh, excuse me, for Christianity and religious traditionalism, something we should all celebrate. Think of how humanity has changed since the era of Christ. The biggest event between organized religion, churches, and how humans worship is the betrayal of the church's mission across the globe with leadership exposed as craven, narcissists, and sociopaths. The Episcopal Church, in my opinion, has made liberal notions about human independence and freedom with Pope Francis a tower amid a disgraced church. No doubt there are churches who kept the faith of meaning and mission. 
Conservative Christians have disgraced themselves through racist and patriarchal prejudices that will bring them down in the days ahead. The following article hit me like a cold slap for many reasons. I covered the story last week about trauma, young girls, and young women. The New York Times' Ross Duffett wrote the following in American Teens Are Really Miserable. Why? First, notice Duffett uses American teens when the CDC study emphasized it was teen girls who faced much worse trauma than teen boys. Quote, One answer is that social media entered into a world that was experiencing the triumph of a certain kind of social liberalism, which the new text subjected to a stress test that it has conspicuously failed, end quote. New York Times, and that's Ross Dothit, uh, his op-ed, just this last Sunday. Agree that social media has turned teen life for girls upside down with public negative energy sent their way whenever they open their cell phone. But it's conservatives who refuse to hold social media companies to account for what is published, with Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg failing miserably to hold liars accountable. But with Dothet's emphasis on a, quote, certain kind of social liberalism, end quote, prepare for gaslighting. The link associated with the quote I just read leads the reader to a Gallup poll. Now, Gallup is a traditionally conservative polling outfit with their sampling leaning heavily conservative. Dothet's, quote, certain kind of liberalism, end quote, is explained in in this Gallup poll like this. Number one for Gallup is, quote, the substantial increase in Americans' views that gay and lesbian relations are morally acceptable, end quote. This is a threat to Christian conservatism, which they use to rally racists, misogynists, and traditionalists. Conservatives are fighting against this shift in vain, but it won't stop them. See Ron DeSantis's Don't Say Gay Censorship in Florida. This is a group of people bucking evolution. Number two in the Gallup poll is, quote, The public is now more accepting of sexual relations outside of marriage in general than at any time in history of tracking these measures, including a 16 percentage point increase in those saying that having a baby outside of marriage is morally acceptable, and a 15 point increase in the acceptability of sex between an unmarried man and woman. Clear majorities of Americans now say both are acceptable, end quote. Religious conservatives fight against individual individual independence and personal choice at every opportunity. Liberals don't think your personal life, life is the government's business, whether federal or state. Conservatives, especially religious extremists, want to control our lives. Number three in this Gallup poll is acceptance of divorce and, quote, human embryo medical research, end quote. 
Embryonic stem cell research equates to miraculous medical advances for humanity. In vitro fertilization helps couples across the world conceive children, including conservatives. As for divorce, after the birth control pill in 1960, no-fault divorce in the 1970s packed a wallop against traditionalism, women's second-class status, and dependence on men. Religious conservatives have never recovered. Number four in the Gallup poll is laughable. It mentions polygamy and human cloning to make a right-wing point where liberalism will lead if allowed. Extremist arguments are their bread and butter. Fear is the delivery system. Whether it's Gallup, columnists like Ross Dothit, or Republicans and the religious right, the goal of autocratic traditional religious groups is to remind everyone that it all began in the 1960s. (laughs) Back to Ross Dothit's column in the Sunday New York Times, quote, By social liberalism, I don't mean the progressivism that took off in the Trump era, anti-racism and diversity, equity, inclusion, and Me Too. I mean the more individualistic liberalism that emerged in the 1960s and experienced a second takeoff across the first decade of the 2000s. Its defining features were rapid secularization, the decline of Christian identification accelerated from the 1990s onward, more on this in a minute, and increasing social and sexual permissiveness, extending beyond support for same-sex marriage to beliefs about premarital sex, divorce, out-of-wedlock childbearing, marijuana use, and more, end quote. Linked in this text I just read you in a a Pew Research article from 2022 entitled Modeling the Future of Religion, in America. Note that the paragraph I'm going to read from the Pew Research article is linked to the notion that social liberalism equates to rapid secularization, which is fear-mongering at its best. Here's a snippet from the Pew Research link, quote, depending on whether religious switching continues at recent rates, speeds up or stops entirely, the, projection, the projections show Christians of all ages shrinking from 64% to between a little more than half, 54%, and just above one-third, 35% of all Americans by 2070. Over that same period, quote-unquote nuns, N-O-N-E-S, would rise from the current 30% to somewhere between 34 and 52% of the U.S. population, end quote. So, what happened to cause Christianity to weaken among Americans? What was it? Was it social liberalism that brought on rapid secularization? Or was it something else? The unwinding of Christianity's Christianity's influence began through the hands of the uber-religious. 
I chronicled, I chronicled many examples in the first season of this podcast. There are so many examples, I can't list even half of them. But it began with the behavior from religious people that was anything but holy, as seen through a multitudes of headlines over many, many years. Here are some of the big revelations in headlines. Start with the son of the TLC reality stars, Jim Bob and Michelle Dugar. Their eldest son, Josh, is now a convicted sex offender. Here's a headline. Josh Dugar is trying to blame a former, Fred, former friend for the child sexual abuse material found on his computer. Another one, Jerry Falwell Jr. resigns as head of Liberty University and will get $10.5 million in compensation. Jerry Jr., Jerry Falwell Jr., liked to watch his wife and her boyfriend have sex. And in case you're not aware, Jerry Falwell is the one who started the moral majority back in the 80s when all this got started. There's also the Hillsong scandal. Quote, Hillsong was formed in 1999 when a church that Brian Houston pastored in a suburb of Sydney, Australia, merged with one pastored by his father, Frank Houston. The same year, a mother came to the church to say that her son, Brett Sangstock, had been raped by Frank Houston years before, while between the ages of 7 and 12. Hillsong did an investigation to find six more young male victims. It was handled quietly. At age 78, Frank Houston was forced to retire with a pension. He died in 2004, never facing any consequences for his crimes. Let's look at I'm not sure how to pronounce this woman's name. Her name is L- Li- Lisa or Lisa Terkurst. Lisa is spe- spelled L-Y-S-A. It may be Lisa. I'm not sure. I know her as a best-selling author of self-help books for Christian women. She wrote about her abortion in Today's Christian Woman. Others have reported on her, quote, husband's affairs and drug habit. She showed her fans how to fight for her marriage. In 2018, she and her husband renewed their vows. He said it had been rough, but he'd been transformed by her Christian love, end quote. Terkurst is now divorced because her quote-unquote transformed husband continued his infidelity. Now, the, a legend in the Southern Baptist Convention, Paul Pressler, is credited with more than any other single individual for being the one who got things started for the conservative resurgence. The truth about him came out in 2021. Quote, Over a 40-year period, two young men said Pressler sexually assaulted them and two others said he made unwanted sexual advances. Some of the accusations were reported in the press in recent years when one man sued the judge for sexual assault. Uh, The article also found evidence that a few Baptist leaders were aware of accusations of misconduct against Pressler but made no moves to uh, to protect young men once the accusations surfaced. 
I, um, like I said, in the first um, season, I went through many, many of these issues. Evangelical and religious leaders backed Trump in 2020. A man who doesn't go to church has been accused of sexual assault by close to two dozen women, accused of raping his former wife, and is fighting allegations of another rape. He lied continually as president and is tied to sociopathic behavior going back decades. A man who united the alt-right extremists, extremists with the Christian right nationalists and the Republican Party starting in 2016. From an interview by Terry Gross with Sarah Posner on her book, Unholy. Quote, it's such a common belief in the Christian right that Trump has somehow been chosen by God. The specific rationale for that varies. So maybe he's not a Christian. But just like in the Bible, God chose King Cyrus, the Persian king, to help restore the exiled Jews to Jerusalem. And he helped rebuild Jerusalem. And so the analogy there is that Trump may not be a Christian, but he's restoring Christian America. And I think that the unifying piece of this is just a real hostility to liberal democracy, to civil rights for everyone, and hostility to the values and institutions of a liberal, small d, democracy, like a free press, an accountable government, an independent judiciary, end quote. And again, that's uh, from an interview with Sarah Posner um, by Terry Gross. Trump became the biggest signal that organized American religion and the Pisces era of Christ had imploded. There are dissenters on the Republican side, but you'll need, you'll need to dig deep to find them publicly speaking out. Read Russell, Russell Moore's excoriation of Trump after the January 6th insurrection and coup attempt. He's a never-Trumper uh, theologian who was the president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. The successor to Russell Moore is a Trumper. Beth Moore, no relation, uh, became quote, the most prominent evangelical female Bible teacher in history, according to one article. From the Atlantic Profile in 2018, quote, to evangelical women, Moore was a revelation, a bottle blonde who could talk about Jesus one moment and child care the next, end quote. Moore broke away from the Southern Baptist community and evangelicalism after Trump's Grab him by the pussy Hollywood tape was released. While Christians called Trump, quote, a great defender of Christianity, end quote, and Jerry Falwell Jr. said he was, quote, evangelicals dream president, end quote, Moore had what I'd call a Christian identity crisis. Quote, wake up sleepers to what women have dealt with all along in entitlements of gross entitlement and power, she said in one tweet. Are we sickened? Yes. Surprised? No. Like other women, Moore wrote she had been, quote, misused, stared down, heckled, talked naughty to, 
As pastors took to the airways to defend Trump, she was trying to understand how, quote, some Christian leaders don't think it's that big a deal, end quote. This is from an Atlantic article. By, quote, some Christian leaders, I can only say she forgot the word male. Mind you, these religious males wouldn't get away with this stuff if the women next to them didn't offer cover. How do we get here? Institutional Christianity was exposed over many years, and this revelatory exposure continued as we experience what's happened in the last in the few last years. As major shifts occur above, no coincidence conservative religious leaders are finally waking, walking away from Trump and his 2024 campaign. So how and why have I concluded the Piscean Age has ended? It begins in Louisiana years ago as Pluto entered Scorpio, a sign it rules. Mars is also the co-ruler co-ruler of Scorpio. Scorpio rules the eighth house, which concerns mysteries, death, and legacies, among many other things. Scorpio attributes, I'm sorry, Scorpio attributes include intensity, independence, trailblazers, authenticity, and ruthless, being ruthless against liars, to name a few things. The shadow side of Scorpio is like all shadow sides, malevolent, narcissistic, cruel, vindictive, self-annihilating, sociopathic, leading to psychopathy and worse. From USA Today in 2016, the first hint at the exposure of corrupt religious institutions surfaced when Pluto was in Scorpio. Quote, this is from USA Today, quote, The Lafayette Diocese came under fire in 1984 when now former priest Gilbert Goth became first in a string of priest sex abuse cases accused of molesting at least 37 boys in four different parishes. Goth pleaded guilty to 11 counts of child molestation and was sentenced to 20 years in 1986. He was released from prison in September 1995, 11 years early. Sagittarius rules the astrological ninth house, the house of spirituality, luck, and other things, from labyrinthos.co, C-O. Quote, Pluto commenced a 13-year transit of Sagittarius in November 1995, and between then and November 2008, Pluto not only tore the world's religions apart, he revealed the diabolical sins the priests and nuns were committing. During this Pluto transit, extremist religious groups, religious fundamentalists, and atheist materialists were intent on mangling religion and God, end quote. From the 1920s to the early 2000s, the Boston Globe blew the roof off this, the Roman Catholic priest scandal. The Catholic Church, in reaction, moved priests from one diocese to another, hiding some of their worst offenders. 
The origin of the American religious scandal grew out of the conservative right's traditional dogma that went well beyond anything Christ supposedly said and was due to their unyielding fear of women's independence and what it would do to male dominance at the top of the family, religious, and societal structures which threaten traditionalism. Around the time of Ronald Reagan's first landslide, conservative Christians were bemoaning desegregation. So, when they lost that battle, they aimed their self-righteousness and racism onto a softer target, women's equality and rights. This is from a political, uh, Politico article in 2014. Uh, I quoted it back in the first season, but it, it bears repeating on this subject. Quote, Paul Wyrick and Jerry Falwell and leaders of the emerging religious right enlisted an unlikely ally in their quest to advance abortion as a political issue. Francis A. Schaefer, a goateed knickers-wearing theologian who was warning about the eclipse of Christian values and the advance of something he called secular humanism. Schaefer teamed with a pediatric surgeon, C. Everett Koop, and let me add, appointed during Ronald Reagan's term to Surgeon General, to produce a series of films entitled Whatever Happened to the Human Race? In the early months of 1979, Schaefer and Coop, targeting an evangelical audience, toured the country with these films, which depicted the scourge of abortion in graphic terms, most memorably with a scene of plastic baby dolls strewn along the shores of the Dead Sea. Schaefer and Coop argued that any society that countenanced abortion was captive to, quote, secular humanism, end quote, and therefore caught in a vortex of moral decay, end quote. It's the birth control pill. No, it's Roe. No, it's no-fault divorce. It's secular, li it's liberalism, secularism, now called wokeness today. Bottom line it's women choosing individual independence over indoctrination and subordination to a society driven, run, and adjudicated by so-called Christian males. It includes LGBTQ, trans, and racism as well. One Wikipedia section explains secular humanism best, quote, the phrase has been used since at least the 1930s by Anglican priests, and in 1943, the then Archbis Archbishop of Canterbury, William Temple, was reported as warning that the Christian tradition was in danger of being undermined by secular humanism, which hoped to retain Christian values without the Christian faith. Organized religion has defied evolution for decades, even as the sexual deviancy exhibited by their leaders couldn't live up to their dogma. Part of the spiritual reformation now afoot demands religious dogma stay out of the political sphere. 
Religious pastors and priests across the spectrum have forgotten the meaning of their service. It's spiritual, not partisan political. Whether you call it secular humanism or social liberal, liberalism, as Dothit wrote in the New York Times, the facts are that liberalism is guilty of supporting individual freedoms and religious liberty, something that scares the devil into Christian nationalists. With the planet Saturn, builder of architecture, moving into the constellation of Pisces in the middle of Lent, and the tectonic shift of Pluto moving into the constellation of Aquarius right before Easter, these faded cosmic shifts further support a wide spiritual reformation. NASA provides the mystery and mythology of this faraway orb of Pluto. Quote, Pluto is a complex and mysterious world with mountains, valleys, plains, craters, and maybe glaciers. Pluto's moons are named for other mythological figures associated with the underworld. And it goes on and on. It names each um, of uh, the different um, moons. It's, it's, it's something. Um, I'll put it in the, the, uh, the transcription so you can read every detail. A different way to look at the mythology of the Pluto archetype, archetype is shadow side exposure for unevolved humans. Planets and transits don't make humans choose to embrace their shadow sides. It's a choice out of ego, moral weakness, and a spiritual vacuum. During faded events, how we react to influences impacting our life reveals how prepared we are for change, which is the centerpiece of evolution. The financial crisis, the pandemic, and the abyss left from foundational religious institutions' failures on top of what we've seen in America the last seven years in the political sphere has shaken young people. What's the answer to why people are bereft of meaning to their life when connectivity is 10 times easier in the internet age? Once again, we go to the Atlantic. Quote, some psychologists point to social media, whereas others blame school shootings. Others chalk it up to changes in parenting. Climate change activists say it's climate change. Atlantic writers like this author blather on about the decline of physical world interactions. These explanations aren't equally valid, and some of them might be purely wrong. But the sheer number of theories reflects the complexity of mental health challenges and suggests that perhaps nobody knows for sure what's going on. End quote. We are in between solutions between two worlds as we let go of the Piscean era before the Aquarian age settles in. The spiritual reformation we've entered demands new solutions that are found from the inside out instead of top-down patriarchal way of institutional religion. To begin anew, we must first let go of what came before and can't come with us on the Aquarian ride. We must let go of dogma, clogging our mind, heart, and soul journey. 
In Pisces season, the mysterious beckons. The silence is foreign. The limitless ocean of the unconscious is held by energy meant to restructure our lives. We balk at change, but it's where spiritual freedom beckons. Unattached to structures that have outworn their use, human creativity can reimagine how to live. We are souls living in a body. The experience can be awkward, terrifying, exhilarating, but consequential. I've been through the darkness more than once. The only buttress I've found is to keep changing. The, the universe never stops evolving, and neither do humans. The crisis among teener, teenagers, especially young girls, makes sense to me. The unease has gotten worse in 2023. How could it not? Religious right leaders and their communities, communities are targeting young, young girls and young women personally, making decisions that curtail a young woman's freedom and health. The traditional world constructed over 2,000 plus years ago has disappeared. All we've known through the 20th century has changed. It's the end of a 2,000-year era. The meaning of evolution spiritually is a human discovering why she or he is here. A soul's journey excavation. A person can't fulfill purpose without this journey. Have faith. Spirituality is in our DNA. Now, on a final note, a quite different subject for me, I, I have to say something about one event that happened this week. I spent over 10 years living in Washington, D.C. and the area around it. Several of those years were inside foreign policy think tanks listening to lectures from experts from all over the globe. National security and world affairs have been studies of mine as long as I can remember, Hiding under the desk during nuclear bomb drills when I was in grade school, let's just say it left a mark. Seeing President Biden walking with President Zelensky this week as air raid sirens rang out choked me up. Come to learn, Biden took a 10-hour train ride across Ukraine without military escort or cover. The last to do something like this since maybe Abraham Lincoln, there was no military to help him if something happened on that 10-hour journey. The entire story of his trip is inspiring. It's a story of character. But what's inspiring the American president to take such risks? The Ukrainian people. Ukrainians are fighting for their lives, their freedom, and their country. Biden just sent a message to Vladimir Putin and China's President Xi and autocrats globally. The world will fight for freedom and democracies will stand together. I just have to say today, God bless the Ukrainians. Oh, and I can testify personally, God exists. Just don't define him as a white-bearded man 
in the sky. I'm Taylor Marsh, and you've been listening to Astral Soul Lightning. Until next time. <laughs>